trending news right now. What's happened in social media in the last 24 hours? Bongani Drama, our social commentator, joins us to tell us. How are you this Wednesday, Drama? Hey, good morning, I'm fantastic, and how are you doing? I'm good, thank you so much. I can't, I can't uh, just believe, though, we're getting into the festive season. We're supposed to be celebrating. Christmas is coming up. The lights have gone up already, and decorations. We're thinking of what to buy uh, in terms of uh, presents. And here's a tragic story in the U.S., in Wisconsin, where this driver rammed into a group of uh, people mm. that were, you know, having a parade just in the spirits of Christmas. How somber... That is, and, and you know, mm. it, it just keeps happening. It happens all the time. And the thing about it is that it's unpredictable. You know, it's not like you can predict it that the guy is going to be happening today. Um, so, I mean, I know it, it's quite. Uh, it's sad. When I read about the story yesterday, and I heard it on the news as well, I was just really, you know, uh, taken aback by it. I, I don't know why would people do such a malicious thing. Daryl Brooks is the man behind the car, the vehicle that slammed into those people, killing five and many more are injured. The sad thing is that there are more children also in hospital in critical conditions, so mm. the death toll could rise. He uh, apparently, mm. or not apparently, allegedly was responding to, uh, and I mean the police were responding to a domestic incident involving him. He fled the scene, and that's when he yeah. mowed through the parade. But also before that, he had just been released from jail also on domestic violence uh, issues mm. and battery. What do you think that means then in terms of how perpetrators are released from jail? Are we doing proper due diligence? I mean, this is a U.S. story, but maybe we can take examples. Yeah, but we are definitely not. Then if it's, if it's happening in the U.S., most definitely, I mean, it happens here as a way you see that uh, you know, someone who killed uh, probably, you know, uh, did a couple of homicide uh, case, and uh, after a few months, then they're let go as well. So it really, you know, means that there is something wrong that we are doing, not only as, as you know, South Africa, but the world at large, that uh, if uh, he wasn't convicted and let go, look at what transpired now, that there need to be laws that really guard around such human beings, and really just to make sure that, you know, they are checked out really after they've done whatever they've done as well, not just let loose like this. Sort of linking to our poll question today, because we're asking our family members what changes they would want to see to restore their faith in the police force. I don't know if this is a a police issue or a justice issue in general with with what happened there in the U.S., but what are your thoughts? What What do you want, would you want to see change in the police to restore your faith? I think, you know, uh, right now we have a case where police were put in a van, but we'll discuss that a little bit later. Uh, But for me is that, like I said, stricter laws, you know, uh, stricter things to be done when it comes to, uh, you know, the law at large. And, uh, I mean, our police at the moment are really mistreated by the public. We've seen a case that happened in Mother's Drift, you know. Uh, we keep seeing yes. other cases as well where, uh, you know, the public is not is really mistreating our cops. So uh, I, I, I perhaps, you know, uh, suspect that there needs to be, uh, you know, some sort of uh, either laws or, you know, some sort of training that needs to, to be done even further now that the world is changing as well with the cops themselves. Yeah, I think it's just crazy. And we're going to talk uh, hashtag mayor now. We need to take a short break. It's it's crazy for me when I see the reports about that Wisconsin case there. Um, with the reporters still standing at the scene, you know, giving updates in terms of where things are. And you can see the police, uh, I mean, the Christmas lights still up 
the decorations mm. are still up while a reporter is talking about something that is so tragic. I think those two things mm. definitely should have never had to go together. Mm. We take mm. a short break then and we'll get into hashtag mayor talking the DA winning the city of Johannesburg and the city of Tswane. Bongani Drama, social commentator, talking to us in terms of trending topics. Trending news right now. Bongani Drama, social commentator, discusses with us what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. If you've just joined us, good morning, fam, here on SFM Sound Awake. So, Bongani, uh, the DA winning mayoral positions in the city of Johannesburg, Dr. Mpo Palazede, and uh, also the uh, city of Tswane, Randall Williams. Tell us more. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this is, uh, I, I don't want to say nightmare, however, it is quite a nightmare for a lot of folks that didn't want this to be happening, and it is happening, you are slap bam in the middle of it, and, uh, I mean, you know, I suspect the fact that also, uh, you know, Judas Malema is quite uh, a clever one when it comes to this, so... Um, before I even go in, we just want to obviously, uh, you know, let you in as the SFM listener. Uh, Mashaba pulled out of uh, his mayoral race, um, you know, obviously giving the DA upper hand out. Or obviously, uh, because they, they went with uh, into a coalition uh, with the ESF themselves. So, Mpopala has won about 144 votes uh, to Morana's 122, marking her as Joe Berg's very first woman mayor ever. Now, mm. the ANC crashed out of power in Joe Berg late Monday you know, so as I mentioned, the EFF went into coalition with the DA and Action SA Azo with a splat in the end of defeating Ed Heguini, Dinesa Mandela Bay, Ekuruleni, and now, just now, yesterday, uh, Tuane as well. The IFP, though, abandoned the, the ANC in Ateguini as, you know, you know, obviously uh, the party had to ram through the uh, discredited in policy, uh, you know, Gwanda as mayor uh, the second time around, obviously, right? So mm-hmm. in Tuane, D.S. Randall Williams got elected as the Tuane mayor as well. Also, the uh, D.A.'s Rachel Gatlejo Matebe retaining her position as Speaker of the Tuane Council. Christoph van Dijeva, also of the DA, elected as the city's mm. chief whip. Tuane belongs to the DA, does it? Tuane belongs to the DA now. Tuane belongs to the DA, and it, it seems that the DA has, has taken over, literally, if you can look at it, has taken over the big cities. And I mean, a lot, a lot of folks on, on Twitter here were re- really battled. Some of them were, were saying that uh, at the Kanye, it, it's saying, actually, I'm 100% happy uh, with the COJ mayor, Kuna um, underscore Alton saying, so now we need to establish new connections to get those tenders, I doubt, you know. And um, mm. at a class, you know, saying, let's see what the DA will do for housing residents. We are tired of these NC pensioners, thieves. Okay, as you say, uh, Action Essays, uh, Herman Mashaba stepped back from uh, being executive mayor and his demands there. He was saying that the Action SA used their votes in councils to elect DA mayors in the cities of Johannesburg and Ekurleni because of the collapsing uh, coalition uh, arrangements and the refusal of the DA to negotiate meant the alternative would have been ANC government. So anything to make sure the ANC is not in uh, power and keep the ANC out? Completely, and that's what I'm seeing as well with, with what the ESF have done as well. They, their decision, I suspect, behind all of this was that the ANC shouldn't be taking over. The ANC should be ruling whatever happens, you know, in whatever thing that happens. Let, you know, with whichever party that's not the ANC take over. If it's the DA, I think they even thought to themselves, if it's the DA, then let it be. But I'm just really, you know, um, uh, 
challenged and scared by the coming few months on, on how things are going to be done. Okay, well, we can celebrate that it's the first woman mayor. I think we're happy about that. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to yeah. get into the politics of whether, you know, whatever <laughs> was going on there. But that is great. What, what does she stand now to face in terms of wh- what she needs to tackle and her plans that she will be implementing? I really hope that, you know, she, she, she gets to fight and combat all the other things that, you know, uh, the previous government obviously, uh, you know, couldn't get into. And I'm really talking about, uh, you know, poverty. I'm talking about uh, housing. I'm talking about a whole lot of other things as well. I mean, already there is a stigma that the DA are putting, you know, the black majority in the forefront, uh, you know, as, as an act. So that when they definitely take over, then they can have the white white minority as well, you know, just uh, taking over, which is an execution plan that we've seen over the years happening, you know. Mm. So I'm really hoping that she brings in some a bit of change. Also, she's going to be scrutinized so much, firstly, as a very first woman and black as well. So she's going to be scrutinized so much. And I'm really yeah. hoping that she's in it as well for good intentions. Well, the city is uh, South Africa's economic heartbeat. I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. So she's got quite a feat ahead of her. But, I mean, she has the experience. She's been councillor since 2016 and mayoral committee member under Mashaba there as well. So in terms of one of her, I mean, the problems in Johannesburg being uh, electricity outages, I mean, city power is more than 420 power cuts a day. How much power does she have in changing this issue? (laughs) <laughs> Ironically, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm suspecting that um, she also pro- probably let's give it a chance as well to just uh, settle in. So it doesn't take too long, obviously, because we have uh, these problems that are happening. You just mentioned city power now, and that is a huge problem. It, it really cannot be normal that we don't have electricity. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that she also is able to tackle that asset. You know, we are at the moment in South Africa dealing with such an issue as electricity, whereas we shouldn't be. We are the hub of Africa, if you look at it, and we really need to not be having such problems. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go into, uh, you know, for, foreign nationals as well, uh, just uh, being in it, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, having the grid themselves. And because, you know, most of our foreign nationals in the country are not registered and they are using our electricity, they are using our water, you know, and we, we have accepted them, you know, because we, we have some type of relationship with their countries as well. But they also contribute so largely to what's happening in the country. Contributing also to the power issue are the illegal uh, cable thefts and illegal connections. And yeah. I, I, that also linking to the issue of, I don't know if we can call it rapid urbanization and the incapacity of municipalities to able to deal with making sure that there's adequate housing and, and for all of that. Uh, one of the things that she'll be looking at is a dedicated anti-land invasion unit. Do we think this should be more specified in terms of just saying, let's also deal with issues of rapid urbanization? Yes, definitely should be specified. Let them, you know, let them enlarge it. We need to find out 
what they mean so much about it, what are they going to be doing necessarily, are they kicking people out, are they giving people the land, you know, what is happening, let's find out, let them, you know, really just uh, lay it out, out there for us so that we know about it. Because my thing is right now that the EFF just went into coalition with them, but will they stick in with, you know, their terms and conditions, or will they then just take over and forget about what had happened? Because for me, I know that GS Malima could turn around and say, but the DA is not doing what we said it must be doing. Yeah, because, I mean, informal settlements are also just uh, coming up everywhere, literally everywhere, everywhere. in Johannesburg. Yeah. And the challenge yeah. with that is that it does link to power cuts because those areas, informal settlements, get more cuts. And if they are close mm. to the suburbs, then the suburbs get in, uh, affected as well. It becomes a trickle effect. It's, it's very yeah. frustrating. The illegal connections, I mean, if you look at, um, I think, uh, you know, I was at uh, Jekyll's Creek the other day and I could overlook that there is actually, uh, you know, a community of, of, of folks staying on the other side. Mm. And there's always power cuts on that side. And they actually mentioned that the challenge is that the folks that come from the in- informal settlement come through this way and they steal the cables there. And that's the reason why they never have electricity, you know, all the time. And it keeps happening. And I, I don't know whether anyone is doing research with regards to where are these people coming from, who are they, and why do they just want to build wherever they see land. 24-hour access to city services via a call center. I think one of our listeners was saying in terms of what they would want to see in changes with the police, that uh, 24-7 uh, line should be answered and there should be different uh, reception areas or reception desks for different mm. crimes. How uh, is this going to help 24-hour access to city services via call center? We currently have this, but it's not working. Websites go down all the time as well. <laughs> that that was my reasoning behind it, that yeah. it's actually right in place right now, but it's not happening. It's not working. You call in, either the call rings, you know, for a couple of minutes, um, and it's probably answered later, but similar to the 911. You know how 911 dispatch immediately as you call through, they're already sending people to a location. That's the thing about it. I think that's how effective it should be. Whereas when we call in, they're already are dispatching either a, you know, a police van out, an ambulance, or you know, a, a fire brigade, or whatever the case may be. But as you call in and you say, I have an emergency, they have already are sending people, and they'll let you know that the people are at your door as we speak. So I think it needs to get to the point in South Africa as well that it gets to, to be quite quick because there are so many questions. And only after then they say, here's a reference number, and then we'll call in some people to come through. And only late after an hour or two hours, then the people pitch up and it's too late. Yeah. Well, the DA leader, John Steenhazen, was saying that this came as a surprise to everyone, all these wins. They didn't expect uh, to leave the meetings with two new DA mayors. Uh, also, DA's Tanya Campbell becoming the mayor in the city of Ekuruleni. Could 2021 be the year of the DA? Well, I mean, seemingly at the moment, it, it just it just might be. It just might be. And, I mean, like, like I mentioned, that it's quite scary that, uh, you know, a people's nightmare actually at right now is being realized. Um, and I understand that with South Africans, obviously, they... You know, the, the older generation would have not want the white minority to take over because of what they went through themselves during apartheid. And, uh, you know, now you are having uh, the DA taking over. We would have to wait and see what happens in the coming months. All right. Let's talk uh, hashtag noodle contamination. Another horrible story as we head into the festive season. Children have died here. 
uh, mm. three in the Eastern Cape and uh, two in Pumalanga. So the H- SAHRC is warning that uh, as the public, we shouldn't spread misinformation regarding this noodle contamination case via social media. Yeah, obviously now the, uh, you know, as SAHRC said, that mentioned that there's no evidence, right, as uh, linking noodle deaths to uh, tempering by foreign nationals. And I think that is quite important for us to mention because with the, the first uh, two kids that, that passed away, it was sort of they were given by foreign nationals as noodles. Now the commission said that suggestions that the tragic deaths of five children in two different provinces were the result of revenge by foreign nationals were irresponsible and had no basis in feet as well. Now, at this stage, there was no evidence to uh, suggest, I beg your pardon, uh, that possible tampering with noodles or any link to foreign uh, business as well. Case has been opened, though, uh, with the National Health Department said that to have launched an investigation as well. So uh, it's quite, I mean, a huge story that's happening at the moment, Asa, and Mm -hmm. and I'm really hoping that, that folks really don't suspect that it's foreign nationals that are really trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of uh, bring in something, uh, you know, into it. However, we'll wait and see what happens with the investigation, which noodles are, are not supposed to be to be had, and we need to find that out as soon as possible. Because to be quite honest, our children, you know, I'm saying my niece and nephew, yeah. they enjoy noodles so much yeah kids love them and they're also great for us parents because they're quick to make and they love the kids love them so it's a double thing there but completely mm, authorities also saying the the health authority saying that uh, there will be uh, a possible recall of the products uh, but they're still waiting for evidence why not Mm. recall now while waiting for evidence if we are unsure Completely. And because, I mean, we are consuming uh, these noodles at the moment. So the sooner they do it, the better as well. I mean, you have people like uh, at El Madihache on, on, you know, on Twitter saying, I've got a few packs of noodles in my house. I'm scared to eat those uh, because of what's currently happening. I need to know the name of the brand. Don't just say noodles is the other thing that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are just finding out, is it Maggie noodles or what is it? And uh, at, uh, at 011Cat saying, can they at least tell us the name of this brand so that we know. I think that's quite important as well for us to, to find out, you know, um, so that we, we know what to do as well as a country. Tragic. I mean, the age groups 13 and 9 in Pumalanga, sure. 11, 7, and 4 months old yeah. in the Eastern Cape. Should a 4-month-old even be eating noodles? I don't know. At the time uh, <laughs> my kids were growing, they, they ate solids at 6 months. But I right. guess, I don't know, maybe human evol- evolution. At four months, yeah. you can eat solids now. But but the the brands of noodles that are remaining under wraps, they don't want to tell us until investigations are concluded. Mm. Once the, uh, they are released, what possible statement could they issue to allay our fears? And I don't know if... if I mean, the, the same way it happened with, with listeriosis, I think. Mm. You know, they could just mention the fact that these are the, this is the brand of noodles that, you know, that is actually contaminated, either bring it back, but then that could be too late because then, you know, we are consuming, you know, those yeah. brand of noodles. Uh, but they could just recall them and make sure that, you know, at least uh, uh, they find out how they were contaminated because uh, really, if it's not the pandemic, it's, it's food being contaminated, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. And you, are you not glad that you're not doing the PR and marketing and you don't have to issue any <laughs> press release? Statement. If you were, though, if you were the PR, whichever brands they are, what would you say needs to happen? What would your advice be? I mean, our, our, our advice on saying the fact that they should, we should recall, first and foremost, but also let the people know at the moment right now 
to perhaps halt, you know, the purchasing of uh, noodles, right? Uh, but also then mention the fact that we are recalling whichever ones that we're recalling, but people shouldn't panic about it. Obviously, you need to put that out as a PR personnel to say, do not panic, you know, because people could go into panic and obviously then, uh, you know, uh, have uh, either the government or the health organizations, uh, you know, in trouble with regards to, uh, you know, that happening. Mm-hmm. So just to alert, you know, our people mm, so that, you know, they know and they find out that uh, these are the type of noodles that they're not supposed to be consuming at the moment and uh, have them recollected by all means. Yeah. Let's talk uh, hashtag Kenya RSA now. Uhutu, um, sorry, Uhuru Kenyatta making an yep. official visit, state visit to the union buildings this week. So uh, Kenya and South Africa, I mean, they are wanting to deepen bilateral trade between the two mm. nations. Tell us more. Now, His Excellency President Sir Ramaphosa received President Uhuru Kenyatta of the Republic of Kenya on his arrival at the Union Buildings ahead of uh, the uh, you know, Afro uh, welcoming ceremony uh, that took place at the National Mandela Amphitheater. Now, I mean, it was so stunning to just see the, the both presidents, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, greeting each other and how Sir Ramaphosa was just saying, hey, I saw you in Washington, D.C. the other time, and I thought to myself, when is he coming to me? When is coming to me and they shared a beautiful laughter there you know so obviously uh, some of the things that were, were spoken about and uh, you know that uh, the president mentioned that we have agreed that South Africa and Kenya uh, you know as like-minded countries should work together to build a consensus on how our continent should emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic as well. So, so many other things were spoken about uh, with regards to South Africa and Kenya share a long history of friendship, mutual respect, common values and solidarity. South Africa owes a great debt of gratitude to the people of Kenya for their unwavering support during the struggle of freedom as well, right? So, uh, I'm just really hoping that all the things that were spoken about, that, uh, you know, that they're able to deal with them. uh, Because it's one thing uh, for prisoners to visit each other, share love, uh, share a drink, but you know, after a while, not to be able to do what they promised the people or promise themselves as well. Absolutely, and as you say, there is a long-standing relationship between Kenya and uh, South Africa. The first visit to South Africa by an African head of state was uh, from Kenya in 1992 by the then president mm. Daniel Arab Moy. Also, Jacob Zuma visited Nairobi. So this long-standing relationship and the history, does it necessarily mean then the future is bright or there has to always constantly be, you know, like with a friendship, you have to keep checking on each other. Is, yes. is that uh, what we need to do here, even though we've even formed a joint trade committee back in 2011? Yes, I was about to say that, you know, they should be aware of the fact that uh, changes happen. And that thing right now is that do we even know that our president is, happy or is comfortable to be meeting with the Kenyan president, you know, uh, or or is it one of those things where at home, where it's a family member, as you grow older in the family, you don't even know whether this uncle has raped your, you know, your cousin, but if they have, it's still fine, but we have a relationship with them. They've always been bringing food here at home. They've bought electricity. So stay in and just be nice to them, you know? So for me, it does look like (laughs) it's it's that type of uh, relationship. So also, um, Kenyatta's visit is going to be at the Aspen Pharmacare facility. That's part of the places he'll be going to. That's where they're manufacturing Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccines. I think just yesterday we were talking that uh, 6 million doses have been given in Kenya in terms of vaccinations against COVID-19. Their target, though, is 10 million by the end of December. 
Uh, is this why then he would go to this facility to get some assistance to reach this target? Most perhaps, most perhaps, because I mean, uh, you know, he could be coming for for so many other things, and he's, and that most probably is his target to say at least if uh, you know the country can help out uh, with uh, reaching that target. Because if we're looking at the numbers, the numbers are rising. Some countries as well, um, you know, have uh, put in some restrictions with with the people that are not vexed at the moment. So uh, you know, it could be that it could be. You know, uh, the president is probably sharing our J&J with Kenya as well just to make sure that they are safe as well on their side. But as I said, it, it, that type of relationship has been happening for over years. But, I mean, with, with relationships and friendship, folks, at some point, you know, it's a scratch-your-back type of relationship. And at some point, I don't know if it will end because now, it, 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 you know, it's tick for tack, meaning that in every single thing, every time, we're going to be having to share and we're going to be having to be very nice to Kenya by all means. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is a weird but, one now. The fa- Yes, sorry, you want to add there? I just wanted to add quickly that they've also welcomed the announcement that uh, the uh, South African Airways and Kenya Airways have agreed on a strategic partnership framework towards the creation of a pan-African airline group uh, that draws to the capabilities of advan- advantages of uh, the two airlines. Obviously, uh, you know, that is amazing. That is stunning. It would be great to see. But can the corruption not even commence when it comes to that front? Yeah, and and that is great. I mean, South Africa is already operating there in terms of businesses. We've got SAB, Miller, FNB, and Standard Bank. So uh, let's keep going, I guess, with those economic relations. On the political front, I guess that will happen anyway, whether we are in agreement or not. (laughs) Uh, This strange story now we're about to talk of, the last one for today's trending topics. Uh, Peng Shui. The Chinese Mm. foreign minister calling for international community to stop politicizing the disappearance of this tennis star. So this tennis star made allegations against uh, a a former vice premier in China, Zhang Haoli, of sexual assault. And then this whole issue unfolded where there are so many questions. What, What exactly happened? Now, China says the controversy following a tennis star, Peng Shai, and has been maliciously hyped up, right? Now, Ms. Tang disappeared from the public eye for almost about three weeks after making sexual assault allegations against China's former vice premier, triggering widespread concern. Now, Tang has soon reappeared, Asa. However, question remains over her well-being. But now, here, that's my thing about it, that now they are looking at her well-being. Are they saying she's crazy for having you know, come out and spoken about it. Because that could be something else that, um, you know, the, mm. the foreign minister said on Tuesday that it was, it was not a, a, you know, a diplomatic matter. You know, then what is it? What are we talking about? Are they trying to cover their tracks? Because as we know that, you know, the, the, the males dominate when it comes to politics and the government at large, that they wouldn't want this to splurge out and become such a, you know, a vile type of, of thing. But for me, it looks like they're hiding so much. Well, they even sort of, um, uh, I don't want to say... Put together, but they have put together because they are talking about Peng has attended some public events and had, you know, a video call with the president of the International Olympic Committee. So this, for me, looks like something that was planned, right? So that they they put out there to say, no, but guys, look at her. She's she's actually okay. Nothing happened. Nothing was wrong. You know, for me, it looks like they called her in to speak to her and let her know that if you don't stop this, 
we are killing your family type of drama that is happening for me. Yeah, because a video call between her and the president has nothing to do with the rest of us. It still Completely. Uh, leaves the fears around uh, her well-being for the rest of us. Because who saw that video between, I mean, besides her and this WTA president? Yeah, completely. Who saw this? And this is the first time such allegations have been made right against one of China's senior political leaders. Uh, Mr. Zhang has not responded to the allegations, right? Event organizer of a stage rally uh, by a group of Chinese families in New York also told an international news cartel that, you know, while photos and videos show uh, Ms. Peng unharmed, she was not truly herself. So they saw that she wasn't truly herself. So is there someone speaking to her? You know, in the government, is there someone mm. telling her what to do and how to handle herself in public? Yes, I think so. Sorry, yes, it's, I it's definitely a, think so. Yeah, sorry, I made the mistake. It's not the WTA. It's the International Olympic Committee president that she's allegedly yeah. spoken in the video with. Yeah. There was also an email that was circulating, which also raised further questions that seemed to be from her. But those who know her were saying this is not the language she would use to type in email. What happened to mm. that one? Because then after the email, the video call came. They literally are seemingly scrambling to find a way of allaying these fears. But the more they do, they actually the worse they do. Yeah, the more they do, the worse they do, because now everyone is scrutinizing. They know her so well that they know she's not this type of person. So like I'm saying to you, Asa, that something is really is going on, and they're really trying to you know, cover their tracks by all means. Whatever happened, whatever allegations she came out with, it most probably is the truth, and they're trying by all means to make sure that they are her so well that no one sees what is happening. You know, no one sees that the, the, the real truth behind all of it. And I mean, if it's happening in China, we know that people get kidnapped so much in China. We know that those things happen. When it comes to politics, that side as well, it's, it's even rife than, than us in South Africa where someone gets executed. That side, it becomes really malicious. They really take you out, out of it completely. As a human being, you'll be non-existent forever. Yeah, it doesn't help also that they deleted the post where she alleges these nonsense, uh, consensual sex, sexual relationships. And then on top of that, they mm-hmm. block the topic from direct discussion there in China. What should happen then? I mean, the international community has come forward. Global rights groups have called for a boycott. Uh, Serena Williams, Billie Jean King, they all expressed concern. Would, they, mm-hmm. would it help that these uh, public figures that are international figures and the international community comes forward? I mean, look, it will help for them uh, so that, you know, everyone could back her up. But if this is happening in China, like I said, they are, they will control how it goes and they will control the end of it without anybody trying to be a part of it. And I mean, if you are speaking about China and if you're going to be having New York being a part of it, then you're making them even angry about it, you know. So they're going to be in control of it. They'll make sure it ends up being what they want it to be. It would be great if the CIA is on it, the FBI is on it. It would be great if she could find help out of China, like a lot mm-hmm. of other folks have done as well, who have come out. A lot of whistleblowers from China who have, you know, skipped the country, went to either New York or went to London or whatever the case may be, to try and get some type of support. At the end of the day, may her safety just return uh, yeah. to her. Uh, and and make yeah. sure that she we want to make sure that she's okay that's what we're hoping for a positive end to the story it's been it's been hectic yeah. man with people being rammed over by vehicles and kids dying mm. from eating noodles uh, food you know and and, and someone bombing in a taxi yeah, and buildings falling 
It really is, as I was saying the other day, that something in the air is happening, something wrong is going on. And it's so sad to see that human beings are being killed just like that, and human beings are being treated just like that. It could be happening just next door, and we're not even aware of it. Yeah, let's leave it there for today. Uh, Drama, always great chatting to you. We appreciate your time this Wednesday. Happy one to you. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it, and it's good to be back. And uh, have a beautiful one to you and your listeners as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bongani Drama, social commentator, discussing what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours in our trending topics. We've got more views then on our poll question. We asked, what changes would you want to see to restore your faith in the police force? And uh, this is in light of pop crew or the police and prison rights uh, or civil rights union raising concerns after an attack at a police station in Limpopo. And there have been other attacks, of course, of the same nature in Pumalanga, Eastern Cape and the Northwest and uh, uh, Robert, let me just say, you saying good morning, happy Wednesday. So we see you there. Um, and then, uh, okay, let's listen to voice notes then.